Hi everyone and welcome back to Into the Void. I'm your host, Ant Insuli, and you join me today for episode number five of my new show. It's hard to believe that we're already a, a month in. I don't know where time is going right now. Maybe it's disappearing into a void. Who knows? Thank you all for tuning in to the latest uh, episode. Uh, first of all, I just need to apologise. My lungs are quite bad at the moment with my asthma uh, so I do apologize if that's um <clears throat> excuse me if that's uh, appearing on the audio in any way anyway I want to start today's show um just going to pick up on um some news stories um and that's in relationship to um ongoing uh, industrial action what I want to kind of point to as I've been doing in my recent episodes on into the void is how this is this particular um, news, um, industrial action, in this instance by uh, train train drivers and also hospital consultants. But what I want to speak to is um, how the trade unions and um, the system as we have known it uh, and the political establishment and all these battles, as I was just saying, between trade unions and, and employers between capital and labor essentially these are all really becoming old battles because they're no longer relevant i think excuse me because the world as we have known it really is essentially coming to an end and i think what we're experiencing now um, forgive me if I repeat myself, but I think it's a point worth making over and over, hammer the point home, so to speak, is as old systems die, well, as anything dies, really, you think you've probably um, all at some point been in a relationship that's in the process of declining and dying. What tends to happen is there's this, this sort of this reinforcement of clinging to the old. Well, let's carry on doing what we've always done. Because if we carry on doing what we've always done, and it sounds kind of completely idiotic or stupid, if we carry on doing what we've always done, but just with a greater intensity, then do you know what? We might turn a corner and we, we might actually make progress. And this is what we're seeing now, as I've said before, in terms of the NHS. Um, they're still looking towards enacting old practices that, that no longer work, that are no longer fit for purpose and it is in one way it's kind of like um, the way I look at it it's like a tragic comedy because on the one hand it is tragic um, that we're still in all of these systems and the way they run and um, there's no kind of um, forethought to the future there's no vision from management there's no there's no vision from the um, how should we say from the civil service in the UK, um, there's no there's no forward thinking, and and in this regard, it is kind of like comedic because it's much like, let me think, it's much like a a Monty Python sketch in that I can imagine you know a whole group of I don't know trades unionists you know in meeting with government representatives and government. Um, and civil service of course and there they are all chatting away and 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 the old the, the old gang including John Cleese and the rest of them would come up with these sort of old uh, memes 
We carry on, we carry on, we carry on, that's all we do. We carry on, we carry on, we carry on, that's all we do. And imagine this kind of old old sketch with this sort of meme. And, and that's where it is, um, it is kind of comedic, but it's also tragic as well, because unfortunately, I don't mean to be a bringer of uh, doom and gloom, but it does mean that a lot of these systems, as we have known them, um, and the way in which we run things like the healthcare service in in this in this country, and the way in which we we run um, former public services like the train service in this country, um, it just obviously isn't working. So we have to get to a stage whereby things just implode, and that's where it is. Like I was just saying, it is it is very tragic. Really, it's really tragic because it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be that way. You know, a little bit of foresight, a little bit of forward thinking, a little bit of, dare I say, thinking outside the box. And, you know, we wouldn't have to get to a state of implosion. But certainly in this year, in this country, I can't speak for other countries, obviously, who have um, amazingly efficient, like France uh, and countries like Italy that I've visited. They have much more efficient um, train um, train services, but certainly in this country. It's a joke, really, when you think about the height of the tourist season now as the schools are finishing and people arrive in the UK and they can't even get um, a train. It's absolutely ridiculous when you think about it. So this is this. If I could just summarise this point, it's just this sort of end of the relevancy of the battle between capital and labour, because the world as we have known it is coming to an end and the old battles, they're no they are no longer relevant. But unfortunately, what we're going to see playing out to the bitter end, literally till blood is spilled, we're going to just see these old battles because those involved, unfortunately, they are they are of the old energies. They are of the old consciousness and they are not going to embrace change. They're, they're going to they're not going to, um, you know, well, they might <laughs> they might have suddenly have some sort of a spiritual awakening. But I think it's unlikely unfortunately i just want to broaden this point out that i'm making in terms of how you know the world as we have known it is coming to an end um i have close family members who are part of the catholic church not ardent you know uh, ardent members but they do occasionally go to church and obviously being of italian extraction or italian heritage i was brought up brought up a catholic uh, but I stopped going when I got to the age of 16. But this this whole principle of, um, right, we're going to double down. We're going to we're going to um, do the things that don't work with either uh, with even more greater inten intensity. This is um, this is also happening in the Catholic Church and no doubt in a lot of religions. And this is why um, quite a lot of prominent speakers who talk to such things in the alternative media have said in the coming centuries, uh, sorry, quicker than that, in the coming decades, it could well be that a lot of the established um, religions are just going to collapse or at least they will fragment like a lot of political parties as the system implodes, they will uh, fragment and we'll see the establishment of new political parties, etc, etc. But anyway, let me just share my example of the Catholic Church. So, the Catholic Church in the UK, they has, they have, they're basically um, in crisis. Well, in this part of the world, anyway, 
in this on the south coast in Hampshire, the UK. The local diocese or the local area, the Catholic diocese, if you like, they're basically fa facing a funding crisis because of declining numbers. So obviously people aren't putting their coins, their shillings in, in the pot and they're not um, signing covenants to you know, give X amount, however much, a month to their local diocese. And what, so in response to this, what my um, what family member has told me is they've written to, to all members of the church to say, right, we've come to a, de a decision that in order to increase funding, what we're going to do is going to take much more of a doctrinal approach towards um, the Catholic faith. So basically what they're saying is that the types of things that put people off in the first instance so we're going to focus more um, on the doctrine of the Catholic Church and also um, within Catholic schools, they're going to focus much more on the, the, the Catholic doctrine. So in other words, you could say it's like more of a strict approach to Catholicism. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that or, or I don't necessarily say it's a bad thing, but obviously, I mean, any objective outside observer would look well if that's if you're going backwards if you're if you're looking to go back to kind of like um the the big change in the catholic church in in the in the 1960s sorry i forget what it was what it's called i think it was called vatican ii anyway but um so so for example all masses were were um were only spoken in latin they weren't spoken in english all these sorts of things and I think it was the Archbishop Le Fen where they had where they wouldn't even um, that kind of sect of the Catholic faith where they wouldn't even face the altar. They would face away from the altar. So if we're going back, if the Catholic Church is going back to an an old style approach that obviously in this modern world um, isn't working, probably isn't going to bring um, <laughs> new, new, new members of the flock or new members of the Catholic congregation in order to increase their coffers. I mean, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? It's ridiculous to think where I live, you've got the local Catholic church struggling financially, whilst you've got the, probably the richest institution, i.e. Um, the Catholic church uh, and the, in the Vatican, which I just mentioned, obviously, and all of the gold and all of the paintings, and it's probably worth billions, if not trillions. I mean, that's obviously going into more conspiracy type speak um but it is kind of ridiculous that here in the uk on the local level the catholic faith is struggling financially and if they go down the route of um going back to how the, it was done in the olden days then i mean obviously that's just not going to work and it's again it's an example of what we're seeing more and more within um, the system is right. Okay, we need to we need to um, batten down the hatches and go full throttle on on what doesn't work. We need to we need to go back and we need to we need to really intensify all of these things that never really worked in the first place. Of course, it is what uh, I've spoken about before. Uh, again, um, when I spoke about my take on the work of Ian Zell Lungold. And many others have said that during this time, humanity would lose its mind. Humanity would literally go insane. I'm not sure if you agree, but I think this is this is kind of like another example of insanity, collective insanity rising 
within humanity whereby we're trying things that just obviously aren't going to work. So also um, I just want to give an example of how this I've seen this happening also within so we're we're not immune those of us who kind of inhabit make us sound like kind of animals on the prairie but those of us that inhabit the alternative sphere although I don't actually do a lot of um, kind of online research in the alt media as much now I just I kind of just find it all a bit kind of self-defeating but anyway within the alternative sphere which includes the weird the wacky and the wonderful <laughs> if we can put it like that you know you've got alternative healings alternative treatments many of which i you know i make i make use of because um they are proven to work much more than allopathic medicine and the whole established medical approach but also in terms of the whole new age and um sort of um teachings from from here in my home country of the amazing Glastonbury to Sedona in the US where a lot of people seem to um, a lot of new age types seem to be drawn towards what's happening is in terms of this there's this great emphasis placed upon what isn't working in terms of in teachings so what I've noticed is um, people who offer teachings, spiritual teachings, new age teachings, personal development teachings, um, whatever it might be, all, you know, as I say, weird and wonderful things, um, some of which are very good and some of which maybe not so good. They're, people are charging more in the main, they're charging more for their teachings. And also there's this kind of ethos, which is, how do I put this? there's this sense in which when they're promoting this, this teachings, it's ever more this kind of what I would call describe as the it factor. This is what you definitely need in, or, in order to expand your consciousness. This particular teaching, you know, and in, in a way, this is what the Catholic teaching, sorry, in this part of the world, in the country, anyway, here in the UK, this is the idea that they're pushing. So it's a greater emphasis placed upon one's own uh, kind of, take on the world and how we might be able to improve things through an individual set of teachings be it religious or spiritual there's a greater idea or greater emphasis upon this is what we, we need to do and this is the only way in which things can change um, for the positive and obviously I'm not going to mention any names it wouldn't be right of me doing that but certain types of people that I follow, I've seen them doing that. It's quite a shock, really, because um, they, out of all people, should should know that what, what, what is happening, that basically as the pressure is applied, it is affecting uh, people who would describe themselves as, as being, you know, maybe slightly, at least slightly enlightened or spiritual. Uh, and I said this quite a few years ago on a podcast, that those that are going to feel the heat from you know, the so-called great awakening and these massive changes will be those who profess to be awakened. I mean, it's obvious, isn't it, that those, that God, the universe, that the the greatest amount of pressure um, is going to be placed on those types of people because quite often those who feel that they are awakened, those who feel that they have reached some sort of exalted or some sort of heightened state of consciousness, um, obviously they're the, they're the most deluded. So if we think in terms of the alchemical fire, they need the gas turned up to, you know, past 10 <laughs> to really, to really, to get those um, delusions to, 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 breach, to be brought to the fore. Anyway, I hope that's made some sort of sense. 
just uh, to mention a new story in terms of again how things are imploding and and just to look at it from a from a kind of sort of if you like from an intellectual aspect uh from in a sense so we don't get um too lost in sort of doom porn and oh my god they're doing to us this to us now that's why i wanted to bring bring up the whole kind of tragic tragic comedy element to it anyway um in the next part of this particular show episode i want to talk about something that i think is really important i spoke about it i'm not sure how well i got my point across in the episode where i was talking about as above so below but anyway what I want to share with you guys is this idea of does it actually really, and again, of course, relates to dreaded COVID, the C word, but does it actually matter if people believe the lies about the world? So predominantly the lies that people believe about the world um, are consumed through news and current affairs sh shows on the mainstream media. Then people go to work, they talk about it, they talk to their work and their colleagues and then we have established norms. So the established norm, norm with COVID was the government and through health authorities and the top-down control of the World Health Organization, the world is battling this awful virus called COVID-19 and, and governments and health authorities and, you know, under the behest of the World Health Organization are doing everything in their power to, uh, to control the, this virus and help their populations. So people don't die unnecessarily. Now, of course, I would I guess probably a lot of you guys listening, you probably like me would say that isn't actually the truth of what we've experienced in the last three years. That's just one example of the ways in which people in the mainstream media who frequent the mainstream media, shall we say, who don't use alternative news sources. That's just a way in which people, I believe anyway, believe lies about the world. But the example I want to use in today's show is uh, relates to the Ukraine-Russia conflict, special military operation and, and Vladimir Putin, um, because it's an example of whereby people, through the lies of the mainstream media, um, what they um, what they develop, excuse me, is a very simple understanding of life and the world and international politics and how just how the world works for example and what it does is it puts it um kind of creates a very simple sort of polarity between the good people i.e the west and then the bad people i.e anywhere in the world as we've seen historically in recent decades that disagrees with the policies of the west and disagrees with how the west goes about uh, implementing its power normally hard power through the use of war and as this sort of interpretation of reality, if you want to look at it from more of a kind of broader interpretation, is spread through the news and current affairs channels, it encourages within the minds of the general public a very simple understanding of life, um, whereby there's no grasp of nuance or no understanding of um, kind of uh, contradictions that might in, in, exist within an issue like um, the, the special military operation or conflict um, within the Ukraine. So 
why does this matter and why why is this important why does it matter if perhaps some some of your friends and family believe that uh, vladimir putin is the most evil man in the world ever and that uh, under his orders in february of 2022 last year he ordered um, a crazy invasion of a defenseless nation like uh, ukraine and he's like the next czar nicholas and he wants to create a new a new uh, a new soviet empire now of course um what i believe and i've spoken about before on my sister show is that i'm i don't ever agree with war but i felt that the russians had little uh, option but to act in order to protect their citizens in luhansk and donetsk who since the civil war um in which broke out in ukraine in in the east after the western-backed coup which removed um, the, the sitting democratically elected leader around about 2014-2015. Since that period uh, the breakaway region has been shelled uh, by uh, Ukrainian military forces and thousands and thousands of Russian-speaking um, civilians in Luhansk and Donetsk have been killed and there was talk of a massive uh, move to put down this um, kind of breakaway region which would have involved the further slaughter of thousands of russian speaking russian speaking um civilians in um in the east of the country now of course this interpretation which is widely available uh, on alternative media sources widely widely available you will never hear on the mainstream media because that would be far right that would be a far right conspiratorial interpretation when i believe it's the objective truth i don't support russia i don't support war i don't support putin of course i don't but this is and i believe what i've just shared is a very 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 basic objective interpretation but what happened what we've seen since february last year as i say you know putin is the next He's the next uh, evil man that we need to stop and we need to intervene, intervene and there's no, no talk about how corrupt um, the Ukrainian government is. There's no talk about that, no, no talk about bioweapons labs, no talk about child sex trafficking, sex trafficking, um, none of that of course. But by further extension, I think when we believe, as I was just talking, when we believe the lies about the world, this is why it's important. I think it's far easier for us to believe the lies that we tell ourselves. So, for example, if you believe that um, the whole situation in Ukraine uh, with Russia, it's just because um, Putin and his military are an evil band of men and women and they just need to be stopped and we just need to stop the evildoers and then all of a sudden, you know, we will live in this amazing world. I sort of if you look at it in summary, a very, very simple interpretation of, of good and evil, then, well, of course, it makes it easier, easier for us to believe the lies we tell about ourselves on a kind of interpersonal level. So all of our relationship breaks up, break up to what would be my evil, evil ex or be that bitch or that bastard. Yeah, oh, my God, I hate them. I hope I'd never meet anyone like that again. Or, you know, if we fall out with friends or people at work or family relationship, it will always be basically about the other person. That's what I'm trying to point. I'm trying to get across here. 
because what the mainstream media does in terms of spreading its its lies and its duplicitous use of truth, shall I say, it encourages a world of, and I think I spoke about this in my couple of short episodes about the whole woke phenomena, it encourages a world whereby it's sort of like everything's, it's easy to blame other people. We never, yeah, the point I'm trying to make, sorry, is that we never are, we encourage or discourage from looking at ourselves. So in this instance with Russia, it will be, look, be looking at, well, how, look at how the West historically has always um, backed brutal militaristic regimes that kill and slaughter um, uh, millions of their own population. So how how can the West now portray itself as the white knight? The white knight that's coming in to save the poor, you know, to save the poor Ukrainian people. And don't get me wrong, I'm not saying Ukrainians aren't suffering. Of course they are. And like I've just said, you, the war is never right. But the way in which they've portrayed Zelensky as, as this hero, which is absolutely preposterous. But again, it does this sort of, I would say on a kind of consciousness spiritual level, it's a very low level of consciousness that is obviously promoted within the mainstream media and the news and current affairs outlets because it promotes this idea that we're all good in the West and then by extension, all of us as citizens are good people. And of course, we saw this during COVID whereby those that went didn't go along with it were COVID deniers were far right or were anti-vaxxers, which was obviously just basically ridiculous straw man arguments and ad hominem attacks, of course, which were which were absolutely uh, repugnant and repellent, as we can remember from the time. But that's why um, hopefully I've got this point across that, you know, people that you are in contact with um maybe quite closely who do believe all these lies about the world and i'm just using ukraine russia and putin because it's relevant especially here in the uk not so much for other guys listening in other parts of the world because you probably don't see it on your news media but here in the uk since february 2022 it's been one of the main news stories as you can imagine and we don't get a nuanced understanding at all. It is, it's absolutely ridiculous. So Putin was kind of our friend and now oh, he's a bad man. He's a bad man. And, and, and the ridiculous thing is that, um, you know, when I've tried to not challenge people, but when I've tried to point this out, you know, as I was saying earlier, try to have an objective perspective and talk to people in terms of, well, look, the West is certainly cannot portray itself as the white knight coming in to save Ukraine. Look at the history since the Second World War of how the West has acted. And people will just go, oh, that's not relevant now. And again, we're back to this idea of, you know, it's completely pointless trying to wake people up. And I don't even see how, ironically enough, this is trying to wake people up, really, when I've just tried to share a, an objective perspective. And it is an example of how people still do, do believe a lot of lies about the world but of course I don't think they'll ever make that link in terms of how and why the fact that they believe the lies about the world why it may, why it means it's easier for them to believe the lies that they tell themselves it's sort of like um, a moral indignation as well something that I spoke about when I spoke about 
woke because that's what encompasses the whole woke ideology or the woke phenomena if you put it like that is this well i'm right and i have this i've got the moral high ground and i've i've got the right to have this moral indignation don't you how dare you try and bring in some sort of objective facts into the equation i think that's also what's being pushed here as well anyway i'll just move on now and i'm going to pick up something that um uh that i in type from time to time sorry that i'm going to touch upon and that's my covid ma ma memoirs this is my sort of like the magazine aspect of my new show into the void and what i want to pick up on is um the reason why I'm speaking about this today is that um, it's very care we need to be very careful when a big story breaks, because even within the alternative media, um, perhaps some of our favourite researchers and analysts and, and spokespeople, they, they can become a bit um, hyper in their analysis. And I want to speak about this in relationship to this whole shedding, the whole uh, idea that... Um, COVID-19 fake vaccination, I'll just call it that, the spike protein, it, it was said that it was um, shedding between those that had been injected with, the, with this particular medical procedure and it was somehow, I don't know how, <laughs> it was somehow um, finding its way into us purebreds, if you like, those who have refused the medical procedure. And I remember at the time thinking, oh, this just this just sounds absolutely ridiculous and i did put out um i put out a youtube video uh before my youtube channel as you know got banned imploring people you know to, don't um don't shun your friends and family because of this ridiculous notion that you you know you might um you know pick up this spike protein uh from the fake backs and it, it might enter your system because this is this is just what the mainstream the system is doing through its media outlets promoting fear and paranoia uh, and you know there are even some alternative health practitioners saying well i'm no longer gonna treat potential customers clients or patients that have had the covid uh fake backs because of this aspect because of this shedding aspect I mean, I remember at the time thinking, well, this is absolutely ridiculous because it just further encourages social isolation, fear and hatred for our fellow man and woman and encouraging this sort of them, them, uh, them and us attitude. And in a sense, people that were doing that within the alternative sphere were really no better than than um, kind of like the system itself, the mainstream system itself. And. Um, I remember talking about on my YouTube video that in order to sort of have a comprehension of this and how we need to we need to not fall into things that we haven't. Let's be honest. Had anyone properly investigated this theory uh, that the spike protein was allegedly shedding uh, to, to those who hadn't had the fake fake backs? But I think by not immediately jumping on it at the time and not responding in a, an emotional way i think it's an example of how we can mature our attitude to these types of things can can mature and we need to as always um have a sort of um adopt a kind of dispassionate view whereby we try to see it from a the middle point of view if you will between the sort of paranoid hyperbolic hyperbolic um fear 
And then on the other hand, you've got sort of like the mainstream interpretation, which is, oh, ignorance is bliss. <laughs> One thinks of the Matrix analogy, of course. I know this isn't steak, but oh, ignorance is bliss. Uh, and I know I'm not really tasting the steak. But anyway, so yeah, we need to always strive for that that middle point, if you like. And I think that's something from my COVID uh, memoirs that I will take forward and, um, you know, try and remember when we've got other big um, news stories that break and we might want to uh, sort of like investigate as to the truth and veracity of what the um, mainstream media is putting out there. But again, you know, this idea of to me, it, it never really made sense from the outset, the whole spike protein, the whole shedding thing. Again, I could be, of course, this is just my interpretation. I, I could be, I could be completely wrong. So, you know, I hold my hand up to that if you could see it, of course. But um, yeah, and I think it's just another example of how unwittingly people in the mainstream media can, can, can do, can do the work of the, the bad guys, the, the the, the dark sorcerers unwittingly, but no doubt there's some sort of stuff that was actually put out there deliberately to mislead. So disinformation that was deliberately put out there, this idea of um, the, the shedding spike protein. But anyway, yeah, you know, like I say, that's one something to watch out for, something to watch out for in future. So you kind of don't lose your mind to these sort of fear-based hyperbolic um narrative because at the end of the day what you have to remember is we are you know we're not this physical vessel as important as it is to maintain it to a high level so this idea of someone saying oh my god you're gonna die because you know you you've imbibed the the the, the spike the spike protein the shedding spike protein well your infinite consciousness your infinite light how can that even touch you you know that's something else to something else to remember anyway in the last part of uh, this particular episode of Into the Void, um, I just want to pick up something that's been on my mind in the last in the last week or so, uh, and um, it's sort of like how uh, social attitudes have changed and continue to change um, and shift over time, and how different norms and social attitudes once, you know, kind of like with words, we think what was once acceptable to say in terms of race, gender and ethnicity and how is no longer regarded as um, acceptable. And um, this sort of um, came to light because I, 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 I uh, buy and sell football programmes or soccer programmes if you prefer on, on eBay. And one of the reasons why I do that is it's not, it doesn't, it's not a huge money spinner. It's just a bit of a side hustle is because I like looking at the old programmes from the 60s, 70s and even into the 80s because you can see what the, the social attitudes and norms were of the time through the kind of adverts that you see. And um, it's really interesting how the representation of men and women has changed um, over the over the years. And it's um, and I sometimes I take a picture and post them on my Facebook account because it's quite it's quite interesting. Um, to see, yeah, like I was saying, how the representation of, of men and women has um, has 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 changed. And um, one thing also that this has brought to mind is um, quite a lot of, even into the mid-80s, I would say, mid-80s where things began to change in relationship to smoking. So you see, obviously, 
from these football programs from the 60s and the 70s predominantly most of the adverts are for beer lager and for cigarettes and in the 60s and 70s even about you know the sort of glamorous uh, nature of you know what it means to smoke and it's fascinating um, looking at these old adverts in, in the football um, programs but what also putting my thinking cap on it's kind of like um, it, it points to, again, also this idea of the generation gap, how as attitudes change over time, um, that creates um, the generation gap. As we know, that's kind of like more of a colloquial name. And, and it is sort of sad in a way because the generation gap, it, it does create divisions between different age groups. And... And I think that's a real, I think that's a real, it's a real tragedy in a lot of ways, because if you think here in the UK, in in recent years as well, there's been a predominance in the building of uh, housing just for older people. I know in the US you guys call it for seniors, and and I just think it's this creation of ghettos is is a real is a real shame because beyond um, you know like the use of words beyond what what one generation might deem to be acceptable to say or behave and what a different generation how they may deem what is acceptable to say and and, and how to behave we're all bloody human beings on this planet and we should all be able to you know hug one another and, and celebrate you know celebrate these differences in a way and kind of laugh at it because it isn't it isn't really important in a way but that's again the whole picking up the woke thing, how the generation gap, which we should obviously observe and comment upon because it's an interesting thing, but not institute these divisions and, and, and politicise these divisions, um, you know, within within society and, and make it, a, you know, and make it a big thing. I mean, just one tiny example, you know, when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, uh, it was okay to call black people coloured people. And um, I remember that my mum's mum, my nan, even into the more, you know, uh, into the into the 90s before she died, when it was no longer acceptable, she would say coloured people, but she wouldn't use it in an aggressive uh, or threatening way. But now, of course, you know, looking back, uh, the modern day wokies would go, oh my God, how awful, how awful. And to this day, how racist and intolerant the older generation are because they continue to use words like um you know colored people and yet you know of course the the mass insanity of the whole woke thing is that in recent years uh megan merkel or markel not quite sure how you pronounce it when she was coming to the forewind with prince harry she um she pushed herself on the basis of i'm a woman of color um, which is you know uh, it, it's just ridiculous absolutely ridiculous how these the use of words has um has become so politicized and it is a shame as i was just saying that you know the generation gap shouldn't mean that old and young people can't hang out can't shoot the shit together so to speak i think it's a real i think it's a real shame that it's become so politicized which we know is of course is all completely 
a deliberate thing that the system is trying is trying to do. Anyway, I just want to pick up on something else that came to my mind in terms of isn't it interesting when one thinks of smoking how back in the day it was promoted as being you know a virtuous thing and most people actually smoked and going all the way back to the 1920s I think and uh, Edward Bernays he was pushing um, smoking for women I believe he called them freedom torches or something like that so historically but then obviously going into the 70s data was coming out and science science uh, was confirming that um, smoking isn't very good for your health of course but then this kind of speaks to this idea that as we've moved forward science is constantly coming up with new advancements it's coming up with new new understandings you know and, and how once upon a time the scientific community it didn't know that smoking was bad for our health but then you know it suddenly saw the light and you know it, it, it through government and government legislation it enacted to ban to ban smoking in public places which i don't think is i know people pick up on the civil liberties the civil rights aspect of that and i do understand that but i have to say i remember back in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s here in the uk it was pretty unpleasant going to smoke filled social kind of spaces but anyway the point i'm trying to make here is that are we you know is is humanity really moving to a more uh how should we say evolved enlightened state of understanding through the development of science uh because of our uh, ever increasing understanding uh, of the world if you want to put it like that or is this actually is this actually just a contrive because i think it is all what i call i think it's a key component of social engineering whereby you know we have certain certain truths that are released but the truths are only released really in order to further enhance political control and order to also increase the profits of the uh, corporate world so something that just came to my mind i know it sounds a bit dark so forgive me but i feel that in terms of um kind of like smart smartphone development uh, I think we're coming towards the end of the development now um, because when I've seen the moronic adverts, they just pick up on things like, well, the latest iPhone has a better zoom on the f or, or, or on the camera or they're now pushing again these ridiculous phones that um, kind of fold in half. So they're basically they're running the whole kind of um, the whole uh, big tech industry the whole cell phone industry, mobile phone industry, that whole the whole development of smartphones really is kind of run its course. And I think what in this regard to what I've been talking about in terms of social engineering and how we just have little truths released, I think what we could see, I'm not saying it's necessarily going to happen, but don't be surprised if this does happen, is that um, they leak some sort of truths about the dangers governments about the actual uh, dangers of the emf and how it can cause especially to younger children who don't have fully formed brains it can cause it can cause uh, ill health and and then what the the um, mobile phone and the cell phone companies will come out and say they will say well 
our, our boffins, our, our, our tech guys, the science guys, they've come up with a generation two smartphone. So what you could be what you could see in coming generations is a generation two smartphone. Thank you, science. You saved the day again like you did during COVID and it will have EMF shielding um, built in. And then the public go, oh, that's amazing, you know. And then you'll have like social shaming and it will build, build, be built into like um, TV programming, drama and films. It's be like, have you got a generation one phone, smartphone? Oh, my God. Are, are you a hater? Oh, my God. You know, and you'll see celebs with their second. Sorry, that's very poor uh, American accent there. But you'll see celebs and, you know, high profile public figures. um pushing smartphone cell phone generation two with emf shielding built in so you know um i just that just came to me this week and um i thought i'd share it with you because after the hysterical absolute nonsense gaslighting that we've seen during covid19 and the last three years i wouldn't put anything past these bastards to be honest so look for that. Look out for that if that that comes to pass. Um, second generation smartphones or if you prefer cell phones with EMF shielding um, built in. Anyway, um, thank you for listening to today's show. I think I'll round things up um, there. And uh, yeah, um, it has been has been an interesting week for me. I've really been struggling with my lungs. I'm not quite sure what's going on. I was diagnosed with asthma a couple of years ago, so I I do apologise if you can hear it, um, hear it on the audio. Um, hopefully for next week's show, my lungs will um be in better condition. Anyway, thank you all for 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 tuning in, and if you are in a in a hot part of the world, uh, with this sort of excessive heat, I hope you are managing to um managing to keep cool, because I know it can be really difficult when the temperature goes to insane levels anyway um i'll speak to you guys all again uh next week um thank you bye